Start like this. Um, just uh, not a long shear, but uh, first of all, the shear is for Rufu Shlema for Chaim Yitzchak Ben Freida Feigalea Chavi. I don't know if you heard, but Rabbi Gold is in the hospital. Um, uh, very scary. Uh, Rabbi Gold was a uh, teacher at MDS for about 50 years, uh, as beloved as uh, teachers can be, is as beloved as a teacher can be. Um, and he fell and he was taken to the hospital and they did a test separately. So our whole our whole school community is really dedicating all of our learning to Zerfu Shlema. He's touched Javier. Uh, he's taught your kids. He's touched um, he's touched a lot, a lot of people. So uh, so part of part of uh, learning about such an obscure tzaddik who who really I had seen his name, uh, found it really hard to pronounce. Even it's a obscure Yiddish name. Um, so I think that uh, I, when I was looking through this sefer to prepare for um, talking about it. Um, and this was, um, this was in a round of shirim um, that I had done in the summer in Camp Hask, uh, where we had talked about different rays of the Baal Shem Tov's light and different, uh, by studying different houses of tzaddikim and learning about different tzaddikim, uh, trying to connect to them and connect to what they were about. Um, so I wanted to touch upon some of the lesser known houses of Hasidut uh, compared to Kamarna or compared to Biala or compared to Adamsk Shedbarj is, uh, is very obscure. And, um, and I was wondering like, why give a, a, a class like this and why talk about this? Obviously everything I'm doing now in terms of teaching um, to, to whatever size uh, crowd now is really just, um, this is like what we do uh, when we feel anxious and when we feel nervous. Um, you go to what you know and you go to what feels comfortable and uh, Svarim feel very comfortable to me and very, um, um, very, uh, very protective, actually. Um, so I was looking at the the haskamas, the approbations to the sefer, and that gives the answer. Um, the haskamas to the sefer are are really um, beautiful. The first haskama haskama is from the Admar of Vishnitz, who passed away last year. Uh, the Grand Rabbi of Vishnitz in Bnei Brak, and he wrote that uh, everybody knows, at least uh, if you're a tzaddik, you know, everybody knows that Pshedburj uh, was basically wiped out in the Holocaust. Uh, the reason we don't hear about them. Uh, and the reason we don't hear about many different Hasidus is because uh, they were basically totally wiped out. Pshedburj was a Polish Hasidus. Um, you'd basically be hard-pressed to find the Pshedburj or Hasid nowadays. The entire house was lost. Um, by the same extent, there were many other houses of Hasidim, uh, entire groups of Hasidim that were lost. Um, and Pshedburj was totally uh, annihilated. So the Admar of Vision, it says that learning this Sefer, and when this author put together this Sefer, uh, which is called Dibros Chaim and Beis Simchas Olam, uh, it's really two Svarim in one. So he says that this is Tzion Matzeves Lekehilis Pshedburj Shenispav Beshoah Hashem Yikom Damo. This book and learning about this Tzaddik is, uh, is like... Um, is like a monument, like a gravestone uh, over uh, over graves that we have no idea where they are, and we have no idea um, we have no idea um, who the people are. They are lost um, to everybody but Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And uh, the little bit that we could go and connect to them, um, the Admor uh, the Admor Mibiala in his Hakdama in his Haskama to this, the Admor Mibiala says to the extent that we could learn about obscure rabbis uh, but, uh, like this, like Rav Yeshaya 
and his uh, sons, uh, his son Rav Emanuel and his grandson Rav Avram Moshe, to the extent that we can learn about them, he says to learn about them is a hakiyum, is a is a fulfillment of the promise made to the Baal Shem Tov. When the Baal Shem Tov had his Aliyah Lamaru, when the Baal Shem Tov ascended upon high um, in his uh, visionary quest into the Heichal of Mashiach, into the chamber of the Mashiach, so the Baal Shem Tov asked uh, a question, and he said, when is the uh, when is the Mashiach going to come? Um, and certainly in times of tumult around the world, uh, we definitely uh, have heightened awareness, at least, of the need for Mashiach and the need for redemption. Uh, may it come soon. Um, but he asked the Mashiach, he said, When are you going to be uh, coming? When, when are you going to come? And the Mashiach said, um, in the Egeres Habesh, he responded to the Baal Shem Tov, he says, When the wellsprings of Hasidic Torah, of the Baal Shem Tov's Torah, get spread out, so the Admor Mibiala uh, in his uh, in his Haskama, his approbation, writes that by learning about Rabbi Yeshaya, by learning about people who there's really nothing left for, this is a kiyum, this is a fulfillment of the of the promise to the Baal Shem Tov of Lichshe Afutzimayin Asercha Chutza. We are active, we are actively engaged by talking about him and talking about his Torah just for this short time, and even in this forum, um, we are actively engaged in uh, in bringing the Mashiach closer, uh, according to what we believe from the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov. Uh, final Haskama. I, I read the Haskamas because uh, one of my Rebbeim, um, Rabbi Eitan Feiner Shlita said, when you get a Sefer, you read from front to back. You don't skip anything uh, if you want to read a Sefer because you got to know everything that's inside of it. I guess it's easy for a person like Rabbi Feiner to say when you have like an eidetic memory, but uh, but I try and do that also. There's so much interesting stuff that gets skipped over. So in the... Um, in the Haskama of the Alexanderov. Um, so the Alexanderov says that the Gemara tells us that Sadiqim may be Kruim Chayim, that the righteous, even in their death, are considered alive. Furthermore, we know from the Gemara Megillah, it uh, says, that Esther said to uh, the king in the name of Mordechai. So the Gemara says that this is a Sukula Kolha Omer Davar Beshem Omrome Vigiula Laulam. Everybody that says over a word of Torah and quotes properly, and ascribes properly those words of Torah so they bring redemption to the world. So by quoting Torah from the Tzadikim of Pshedborj, so hopefully we'll be engaged in the same thing uh, that the Gemara was talking about, the Toymer Esther Lamelech B'Shem Mordechai, that's Sifsosim Dovas Bekever. But that's not enough. The Alexander Rav goes ahead and he adds to that and he says in his Haskama, he says that by talking about this Tzadik and his house, which are no longer, uh, by talking about them, he says that what we're doing is connecting to the soul of the Tzadik and uh, and their Torah, and by doing so, we are literally causing their sifsosam, we're causing their lips to move in the kever, and we're also engaged in bringing a geula to the world. So I, I would say that this is always present in words of Torah, when we're studying words of Torah, but over here, in particular, at a time like this, uh, we do anything that could bring geula closer, befrat to beklal on an individual and on a communal basis, and uh, that geula should come together with the refuah shlema, uh, especially for Rav Chaim Yitzchak ben Freyda Feigalea, and really all the sick in the entire world. Um, so Alexander says that, that by talking about this, so we're engaged actually in an act of Trias HaMesim. I saw somebody posted today, he says that um, all of these Kvarim, we had Rav Melech Milizhensky's yard site last week, and his kever was empty. It's usually filled with people traveling from around the world to visit the kever of this holy tzaddik, and, uh, and to be mishtateach, to prostrate themselves and to ask a Kaddish Baruch Hu, um, for Yeshua's at the grave of a tzaddik. And, um, 
I, I want to say two things about that. Um, first of all, um, first of all, when we talk about um so there's actually a physical aspect to this. Um, the bones, I don't mean to be too grotesque and I don't mean to, to be too macabre about it, but the bones and the sinews of the tzaddik when he was physically alive, those bones and sinews which produced the Torah that came out of their mouth in the physical form, so those are still present. And we believe in the concept of Rashima the Kedusha, of the fact that when there is holiness in the world, it leaves an imprint on the world. So literally, when we go to the Kfarim, when we go to the graves of Tzadikim, so we're, we're coming in contact with the place in which Holy Lips spoke Torah and brought Torah down from Shamayim into this world. Uh, nowadays, uh, nobody is able to be Meshtateach, a Kfarim of Tzadikim. So by going ahead and invoking the name of Rabbi Yeshaya and, uh, and his, and his uh, children, by doing that, so we're doing an act as much as we can of being Meshtateach of... Um, <clears throat> of uh, prostrating ourselves on the grave of the tzaddik and begging them that they should go ahead and be me'ora rachamim for us at this time of uh, Ace at this time of, uh, of tremendous need for Klal Yisrael and the rest of people. So there is uh, one other haskama that comes from the Admar of Lelav, and uh, what's interesting about that is we'll see that there was very close family connection between Lelav or Hasidus and Hasidus Pshed Burj, uh, just uh, in, in very broad terms, of David of Lelav, the founder of the Lelaver dynasty was the one that went ahead and introduced Rabbi Yeshaya to his Rebbe, to the Chosem Lublin, Rav Yaakov Yitzchak Halevi Harvitz, uh, who was called the Chose, the seer of Lublin or the Lublina Rebbe, and, uh, and, and secondarily, uh, his son, his son Rav Moshe uh, Lelev, was a Talmud of Rav Yishayah. So basically, the father brought uh, Rav Yishayah of Pshed Barish to go learn by the Chose. Rav Yishayah got his Torah from the Chose, and then Rav Yishayah became one of the Rebbe's of the Lelevers, uh, Rav David Lelever's son. So the Torah, the, Torah uh, the, the move of bringing him to, to the Chose paid off in spades that his, uh, that his own son found the Rebbe. So in the Hakdama uh, provided by the author, the author of this Sefer, of this Dibros Chaim, the author of the Sefer is a, uh, not a Ben Achar Ben, but he's a great, great, great grandson of Rav Yishayim Mipshed Burj. Um, his name is Elazar Emmanuel Halevi Harvitz. He carries the name of his great, great grandfather of Emmanuel of, uh, uh, of Shedburj, and, uh, and he put this all together. He writes in his Akdama that the majority, part of the reason that we haven't heard uh, so much about Rav Yeshaya is that the majority of his Torah is a Torah Shabal Peh. The majority of his Torah, like many, many tzaddikim uh, that existed at the time, uh, not every, very, very little was put into writing. Rav Yeshaya, as we'll see, was deeply humanistic, uh, deeply uh, connected with people, and uh, was known as a Baal Ruach HaKodesh, and, uh, and the majority of his advice, the majority of the words that he shared with his tzaddikim, the people that would come to Pshed Barish to hear his Torah, uh, was oral and not committed to writing. It was not to focus uh, primarily on the cerebral aspects of it, although we shall see, no, uh, by no stretch of the imagination does that mean that Rav Yeshaya uh, lacked uh, the depth and lack the uh, bikiyas of anybody else, Khalila. So let's talk a little bit about his uh, biography. And then uh, the second part of this, um, we'll go ahead and we'll look at some uh, selective Rei Torah that are printed in this volume that I was struck by this past Shabbos and during the week. So the first thing is that Rav Yishai of Shedburj was born to Rav Meir in Alesk in 1758. Uh, he died in 1831. His yard site is Dalit Elo. And uh, he learned by the Chose of Lublin, as we mentioned. The Chose, Rav Yaakov Yitzchak Halevi Horowitz, was a deeply uh, uh, profound figure for the dissemination of Hasidus. He himself was a Talmud of Rav 
Melech Milizhensk, and he uh, he gathered around many many of the great Hasidic dynasties of Poland were from Sadikim that gathered around the Chose and the Chose's court, and uh, amongst them was Rav Yeshaya. Rav Yeshaya was uh, Chavrusa and was very close with one of the most famous Talmidim of the Chose Milbrin, which was the Yidak Kadosh from Prashischa. The Yidak Kadosh. Uh, learned together with Rabbi Shaya. They were close friends by all accounts. And uh, and he was called Rabbi Shaya was called the Aron Hasfarim, the the book uh, the the book closet of the Chose, for a time he was the Posek Halacha uh, who decided on Halachic matters in the Chose's court. Um, so that's why I mean to say that even though uh, much of his Torah is not in writing, uh, we're certainly, what we have before us is a great Tzaddik and the uh, Talmud Chacham of, of uh, the First Order. Um, in 1788 he became the Rav of Pshed Bursh. He moved there after his Rebbe died, after the Chose passed away. A movement that was seen by many other Tzaddikim that gathered in the Chose's Chatzar and the Chose's court that that once the Chose passed away, they went and they spread out, to be sure, they spread out and they started their own Hasidic courts. Um, he was known as the Balruach HaKodesh, uh, somebody that gave a tremendous amount of advice to people uh, when, they needed, uh, need, when they needed it most. And uh, he's also quoted often in the books of his Talmidim. His Talmidim are well known to us. Uh, his main Talmud is the Radomsk Rebbe, Rav Shlomo Akoin Rabinovich of Radomsk, and uh, Rav Yishai is quoted numerous times in his famous sefer, the Tiferet Shlomo. And another Talmud, as we mentioned, is Rav Moshe of Lelov, um, whose father brought Rav Yeshaya to the Chose. Uh, two other notable Talmidim was Rav Lazov Koznitz, who is a grandson of the Avodas Yisrael, and also Rav Aaron Halevi Epstein, uh, who was of Krakow, who was the son of the Maor Vashemesh. Uh, so those were his Talmidim, a tremendous, tremendous impact on, uh, on Hasidus in Poland uh, Afterwards is based on his Torah. I think is uh, not an ex- uh, is is not a stretch to say. Um, his son that filled this place was Rav Emanuel. Uh, his interesting name was uh, given. Uh, I saw this on the Wikipedia page, and then it was confirmed uh, by the forums in Chadre Chadarim that I went to go check out afterwards. And in the Otsar forums, his name was given uh, by the Chose. The Chose told Rav Yeshaya that his son should be named Rav Emanuel, which is a rather rare name uh, for a Polish Admor. And uh, and Rav. Um, the Chose told him that this should be a school of Ferichas Yamim, that his father didn't have such uh, long days, uh, did not merit such a long life, and that as a school, as a, uh, as a merit for long life, he gave him this Shem uh, Segula, this special name. Uh, he was born in 1802, and uh, he was a Talmud of Rav Yisachar Dovber of Radishitz, and he married the granddaughter of the Chose. His son was Rav Avra Moshe of Rashpesa, and he was born in 1840 and died in 1918. He had four sons, two of whom died before the Holocaust in young age, and two of whom were killed in the Holocaust, and thus ended the line of Pshedbar's Hasidus. So that's a, a general history of uh, Pshedbar's Hasidus. So what I want to do now is I want to look at some of the uh, Torah of Pshedbar's, and, uh, and we'll finish up. Um, so, and I'll show you how beautiful it is and make some comments on it in the meantime. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen with you guys. Um, so the la- first thing that I saw, just uh, I have uh, I, I prepared uh, five small pieces of Torah for everybody. I hope uh, everybody can see my screen. 
Um, and the first Torah comes from this past, uh, past week's Parsha. Uh, so the Torah is, uh, quotes uh, the idea of Shabbos as it's introduced to Am Yisrael. It says, Bein yuvein v'nei Yisrael, osili olam kisheshus yamim asa Hashemes ha-shamayim ve-sa-oretz v'gomer. Shabbos is a sign. Shabbos is the mark of the covenant between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a reciprocal relationship that we enjoy. And uh, this is a quote, from Rav Emanuel. So Rav Emanuel said the following Torah. In Rashi it writes, Os hi, os hi It is a great sign, the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has chosen us, the sign, one of the signs, there are many signs uh, that He's given us of that covenant, of that reciprocal relationship, which means that we have bitachon, we have trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we give to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we expect something back as well. Uh, we expect at the very least the feeling of closeness, as David HaMelech says, litov. so we want to go ahead and we want to uh, enjoy the, the fruits of that Brit. A great sign that I've chosen you and I've given you the Shabbos. Because that's the day that God rested, so this is the day that we shall rest also. Uh, for example, I heard this explained once that uh, when there's a slave and a master, so the slave and the master, when there's two people that don't have a relationship, they rest, they rest on different days. The master is resting and the slave is uh, working. When it's a relationship between a father and son, when the father rests, the son rests, there's a closeness that's inherent that the work happens at the same time and the rest happens at the same time. God shows us in Shabbos as the sign of that for that parental relationship that we enjoy. Va'perishi. So now Rav Manuel says, and uh, and I I want to I wanted to show this is a perfect example that it uh, it is in a classic uh, Hasidic form of Polish Hasidus that simply by going ahead and rearranging sentences and by understanding sentences in slightly different ways, so we're able to go ahead and to find new meaning in the words of Torah, which of course in the Torah itself are not given to us with any pisuk, with any sort of uh, punctuation, and this allows us to go ahead and to understand different meanings behind the words. Perishi, Rav Manuel says, Indeed, Shabbos is a sign, a hidden sign between us and God. And he stops the Pasuk there. Between me and B'nai Yisrael, this is a special sign. But for the rest of the world, for the rest of the world, that's not us. It's just given a simple reason. And that's the only reason. Meaning what the way that he punctuates the Pasuk. Period. Period. And then for the rest of the world, it's a sign. Meaning the idea is that there's two levels of Shabbos. Shabbos is for the whole world. The whole world should have Shabbos. Shabbos is something because we know God creates the world in six days and rests in the seventh. That's Pashat. That's not the reason we keep Shabbos. The reason we keep Shabbos is because there's a deeper, more elevated sign of the covenant between us and God that exists in the Shabbos itself, which is not accessible to the rest of the world, which is only accessible to Ba'alei Brit, to, to, to members of the covenant. So again, two layers. Bein Yuvein Vinei Chem, Bein Vinei Yisrael, Osi Liolam, period. 
then, le, sorry, Veini Uvein Vene Sel Osi, period, Le Olam Kisheshis Yamim Asashem. That's a much more simple reason. That's the first idea I want to share, which bears the hallmarks of a classic mode of Hasidic Drush, which goes ahead and, uh, and, and just by modifying the punctuation of Pasik. You'll hear people say sometimes that, uh, you know, they're just playing around with the sentences. How could they go ahead and do that? Uh, that is, I think, selling Torah short. When you look in a Sefer Torah, as the words were given to us from a Baruch Hadar Sinai, so the only only uh, sort of punctuation or differentiation you'll see in the text is only going to exist uh, with um with uh, psuchos and stumos in the text, with open and closed lines. And uh, that indeed is a, is a communication of where sections begin and end. But the words are given to us without any pisuk and tam, without any nakudos, without any punctuation or markings otherwise, except for some, ra- some very rare places in the Torah. And this allows us, this is makum hilidrosh, this is a place for us to plumb the depth, which is what the Hasidic Rebbe's do. So then the Sefer goes ahead and collects from other Sfarim and from contemporaneous works which quoted Rabbi Yeshaya and, uh, and is arranged like many other svarim of this nature is arranged according to topics. The first few topics are all about our service of God and they say beautiful things and in this Torah I think that we see the humanistic aspect the humanistic quality of the, uh, of the Torah of Rabbi Yeshaya the fact that it's, it always seems to come out to something surprising and beautiful and comforting uh, for ordinary people and you get the sense that Rabbi Yeshaya was truly a Rebbe for ordinary people, for people that wanted somebody that bring that brought them close and and, and gave them love and uh, and didn't judge people for who they are and you'll see exactly what I mean in a moment. As nidbru yirei Hashem isha reyehu. I remember learning this pasuk from uh, Rav Dov Zinger, who should have Rafua shleima b'mehir Rabbi Amenu mamish bekarov, and uh, we sat for an hour meditating on this pasuk. Uh, Mike, I believe you were there actually. As nidbru yirei Hashem isha reyehu. The f- those who fear God will speak from. Uh, from one to their friend. Rav Dov didn't quote this source, but this is what I felt when Rav Dov told us about the meaning of the Pasuk. It says, The, the descriptor of a person as an ish, as a man, as the man. So that is when the Torah uses this appellation, what it's doing is it's going ahead and describing to us somebody of significance, a person of importance, a person of real weight. He says, for example, it told us, Ha'ish Moshe Anav Me'od Mikol Adam. Ha'ish Moshe, Moshe, in describing him at, its, at his greatest trait of humility, so the Torah uses the appellation of Ish. Ish is moral, chashivas, the word ish. So what does the word ish mean in this Pasuk? Az nidbir yirei Hashem, ish el reyehu. So he says something gorgeous over here. He says, v'zeu, and we should take this to heart nowadays, especially when we're distant from one another. Um, but I find a lot of uh, old conversations being rekindled. And I find that uh, with, those that, uh, with those that I uh, am close with, um, that the conversations have gotten deeper and the relationships have gotten deeper. He says, V'zehu she'amar ha'kosov. When the Pasuk says, Az nidbir yirei Hashem, ka'asher nidabrim b'neihem yirei Hashem. When people like us, people who fear God, when they connect and talk together, azayish l'reyehu. Then, because they decide to talk to each other, because they converse with one another, so then we become, we reach an aspect of kol echad nosein es chashivas l'reyehu mechabdo. When you really talk to somebody, when it's Az nidbir yirei Hashem, when fear, those who fear God talk uh, with sikhos, with conversations that are 
inter, uh, that are interspersed with fear of God and words of Torah and words of tefillah. And when they talk about this and they comfort each other and their words are words of chesed, that by doing that, that we're able to finally see the chashivas. We're finally able to see the, uh, uh, the elevated aspect of the person, of our interlocutor, of the person that we're talking to. And it's, and it's circular. The only way it could be a fulfillment, the only way I could actually talk to another God-fearing person is if I recognize that they're significant, if I recognize that that which they have to say is important and carries weight and has, and has, uh, and has value and that uh, it should be listened to, that every person is, uh, every person is a tzaddik when you're talking to them. Uh, words of Torah because you're learning Torah from them and you're you're growing through that conversation. When we talk and we recognize the chashivas, then we could finally speak. And it's only and then also our hope is is through those conversations we deepen the keshers, uh, deepen the connections of El Reyehu. Um, I had mentioned before. Um, uh, we'll we'll come back to this Torah. I had mentioned before uh, a deep. Um, a deep recognition, uh, my feeling from reading this book, a deep recognition of, uh, of the fact that Pshed Burj was, uh, was a house that recognized the Pashat, uh, the so-called Pashtayid, no such thing, um, but, uh, but the, people, the, the people who were not necessarily uh, looking, uh, were looking for something different than the purely intellectual approach, the people who were looking for a sense of connection, the Pshuteya, more simple people, listen to this story. He says... Bidabro al Rabbaim, Shaykiru call Adam Bitavias Ayin Imut Sadik. So there's stories of Tzadikim that they could just look at somebody and they would know whether or not they're a Tzadik, Bainuni Rasha, uh, or whether they're just a, a plain person or whether they were wicked. I get this feeling every time I talk to a Tzadik or I'm, I'm in the room with a Tzadik. I'm like, they know everything about me. I can't talk to them. They don't want to talk to me. They see everything, right? Uh, they, they know exactly uh, all the ugly parts of uh, my soul. Um, I do believe that Tzadikim have the intuition and the ability to do that still nowadays. Um, so Bidabra Rabbaim, so when he was talking about these rabbis who were able to recognize a person's soul just by seeing them, so So this is the grandson of Rabbi Shaimi Pshedbarj. So he says, when I was young, Raisi Gam I also saw rabbis that were able to go ahead and to recognize people and to know their soul. Excuse me, but ayin. Just by looking at them, they were able to tell what was going on inside of a person's soul. When a person who we didn't know, a stranger, would come, we knew exactly who he was, what his actions were, and what had gone over him in the past. What did he mess up on? And what did he rectify? We could see these levels of tzaddikim. I believe this. These levels of tzaddikim were able to see deep into people's soul. Um, they were able, right, like that uh, chilling scene in True Detective, I could see your soul, right? So that's like, um, that's what these tzaddikim were able to do. So Avram Moshe says, I saw this in my youth. I saw this by my grandfather and my father. I saw this in my youth. And there are chats there. He says, Achar kach badakti. Then I looked into it. Umatsati she'en zumidu lehistakel b'mesture alev shakolish yudi. 
it's not a good thing to go ahead and to be engaged in this practice, to stare deep into the soul of every Jew and to know, Liros Devarim Lotovim, to see the bad things that they have. How could you be so sure that your, that, your, that your quality of love of Israel and love of every Jew is going to stay the same when you see them like that, when, I, when you see what the, what the ugliness inside is? How could you be so sure that you would preserve your Avas Yisrael? Palalti. So I therefore davened la Hashem Yisbarach lakachas mimeni osam adrega. I davened to Hashem that He should take this ability away from me. Hashem Yisbarach shamat tefilasi. Hashem Yisbarach heard my tefila. Mi'az ve'elach kevin shenichnas adam Yisrael lebeisi. And then whenever a Jew would come into my house, shuvei ro'abo shump gam. I would never see anything wrong with them. Anirak ro'es hatikun v'amasim atoyvim shepal bechol gilgulov. I only would see the good that their soul had done. Ve'rakshu misaperli apagama v'aniyozer lo litaknim. And only when that Jew, by their own volition, would tell me on their own what's going on inside their hearts, the good, the bad, and the ugly, then I would go ahead and I would help them rectify. But this tremendous segula, this ruach hakodesh, this divine inspiration to be able to see what's going on inside of every Jew, so that was something that he davened to go away. I think the Litvish version of this is that in Evan Shlema, I believe in Evan Shlema, which is a, a book written two generations after the Goin, um, about, uh, about the Vilna Gon. so I believe in Evan Shlema, it's written that the Vilna Gon uh, would regularly receive visitations from Malachim that would teach him Torah, from angels angels that would teach him Torah, and that the Vilna Gon apparently one time received the answer to a very difficult Talmudic question that he had, except he was in the middle of Shmon Esrei. Uh, so he davened to forget what the Malach had told him during his Shmon Esrei in order to forget it, because how could he interrupt his Shmon Esrei with being spoken to by a Malach? Uh, such is the madrig of these great Sadiqim, such is the level of these people. So here's a Hasidic version, a deeply humanistic version, that he did not want to see what was going on in people's souls. He wanted to know only the good and, and in order to preserve his Avas Yisrael. Move on to two more Torahs and then we'll be finished. Um, and, uh, and hopefully in the merit of speaking over the Torah of the Tzaddik, I mean, I don't know when the last time, um, uh, I, I've certainly not, but the last time anybody has been quoting Torah from Rabbi Yishayim Yipshedbar Shchusia Genelenu, from Rabbi Emanuel Shchusia Genelenu, the family name was Walt Fried, and from Avram Moshev Raspisa Shchusia Genelenu, we should, that their, that their lips right now in their kfarim, wherever they are, uh, they discovered Rabbi Yishayim's burial place or where they think he's buried after the Holocaust and put uh, a marker for the entire Jewish community of Pshedbar, that, that that somewhere in Poland and somewhere in Shamayim that these tzaddikim should intercede on our behalf in the schluss of us teaching their Torah on Lel Shishi. So here's another beautiful another beautiful idea uh, and again the humanity and the closeness and the brotherhood and fellowship uh, of this uh, of this particular line of tzaddikim shamati mi pi so this is the author talking about his uh, father so he's talking about the earlier generations in his family so Rav Shlomo Tzvi was apparently a chassid of Rav Yeshayas, so he would call him Karov, he would call him family. When you're here, you're family. Karov um, Leib. And he said, How is he related to you? 
And they said, you know, this was Shlomo Tzvi. He's not related to them. So he said the name of his father, Shemroam Adam Kasher, an early chayid. When you see a, a, a good Jew, when you see a Jew who's just trying to do the right thing, who's trying to be honest, who's trying to fulfill the mitzvahs the best that they can, uh, certainly all of us right now are trying our best to be early chayid and, uh, when so much of Jewish. Uh, life that we know it has been taken away um, to be able to go ahead and to just be simple to not get angry to be patient to be kind to do chesed with the myriad opportunities that have been coming up nowadays so to be an Erlich Yid so then their family so I would like to believe that in a time like this when so many of us are trying to be Erlich Yid and we could follow the model of the house of Shedberg and that we're all Krovim that Mamish Chaverim Ko Yisrael Krovim family cut of lab and in 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 this deep spiritual sense um, let me do one more uh, torah and uh, and this torah I was actually going to use in um this Torah I was actually going to use in the Shirim uh, on Tilim that we gave earlier this week on Monday. Um, it's uh, such a gorgeous idea, and I think it also is uh, proof. Um, proof that David HaMelech uh, had Nevuah. We know that David HaMelech had Nevuah in Ruch HaKodesh, but I guess somebody could be maybe... Uh, uh, could be doubtful about that notion, Khalila. So here's what I think proof that David HaMelech uh, had Ruach HaKodesh from this particular Torah. Uh, in Mesech Avos, it tells us, that the fear of heaven should be upon us like the fear of other human beings. The same, th- same things we wouldn't do uh, in front of other people, we shouldn't do in front of Hashem, but more deeply, uh, when, when we're Bechadri Chadarim, when, uh, when we're on our own, we should be doing the same thing as if people were looking at us also. Uh, that is Moresh Shamayim, that's Yeresh Shamayim. Mareno Rav HaKadosh of Emanuel's Chosya Genli Pshedborj said, Lavin Mahu Moresh Shamayim. What does it mean to have fear of heaven? And what does a person have to learn from this kind of fear of heaven? Listen to this beautiful idea. It's written in the works of the Mekubalim. When a person wants to go ahead and obtain fear of heaven, so there's a, a simple first step if you find it difficult. It says, You should wake up early in the morning you should look up at the sky and the stars outside. A little hard in the city, but uh, we have uh, concepts like this, uh, that we should just go out and look at the sky, and looking at the sky, have you looked at the sky today? We quoted from, uh, from one of Rabbi Nachman's stories, uh, Rabbi Nachman and the chassid that's passing him by in the shuk. So he asks his chassid, he says, Rabbi Nachman says, did you look up at the sky today? As this person is running to the shuk. And the person asks, says, Rabbi, this is what you stopped me for, Rabbi Nachman says, this is the advice when you're running around and you're involved and you're, and you're doing everything you need to do in order to control your life and make sure it runs properly uh, just be able to go ahead and to look up at the sky is the Davar Suli it's something that carries with an immense spiritual significance just look up at the sky this is a way to help us and, um, and the truth is is that you could say you could stop there and you could be like Okay, that's nice. I believe the words of the tzaddikim. I believe in some magical way, perhaps a talismanic way, looking up at the sun and looking up at the sky will help me in my Yerushalayim. Maybe I go a little bit deeper and I say, it will help me because I see the beauty of Hashem's world. That's all nice. 
But here's a different level entirely, and here's proof that David HaMelech had Ruach HaKodesh. He says, He says, we can base this on the following Pasuk. Listen to this. David Amel says, When I look up at your, at, your, at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have placed in their proper orbits, he says, Then I realize the next immediate thought when looking up at the sky and contemplating the vastness of the firmament and the cosmos, the immediate thought after that is, What is a human being that they should be remembered? And an individual that Hashem should have any sort of connection or recollection of that individual. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I think it came much later on. I think the human beings in the time of David HaMelech, ordinary people, had an understanding of the cosmos. They had an understanding that it was great and large and vast and big. And sure enough, uh, there, were, there were people that worshipped it and, uh, and turned it into Avodazara. I don't think it was till much, much later. There's a video I like to watch uh, by the astronomer Carl Sagan uh, that talks about the pale blue dots that as the Voyager left, uh, left, the, left, the, uh, left our planetary system, or I think when it was around Jupiter, I forgot exactly where, it turned around to take one last photo of the Earth before it left our planetary system. And the Earth looks as a pale blue dot. And uh, basically, uh, uh, Sagan wrote or Sagan, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, he wrote that, uh, he wrote, uh, he was an atheist, but he wrote an, an ode, uh, a, a panegyric to, to the, the smallness, our infinitesimal place in the cosmos and the greatness and vastness of the universe. Um, and I think that he was referring many centuries later to exactly what David HaMelech is saying over here. When I see the heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars that you've placed in the firmaments, then the immediate thought we have, where does Yerash come from? It recognizes how deeply vast and how immense and massive and what a pale blue dot we are zehu yiras zehu vaihi mayra shamayim osa yiras adamasagide staklus shamayim so rav Emanuel says this is how we get yiras shamayim it's not just seeing how great it is it's not just this magical thing that we listen to Nachman and we look up although that works too but it is the, is the sense that by looking up at the firmament one comes to contemplate their place in the cosmos and that is yiras shamayim when we recognize that we are indeed small that we will indeed pass from this world, that we will indeed have a finite time here. Uh, hopefully Mashiach should come, but this is the way of every person. We return to dust by contemplating our place in the cosmos. It causes us to have anava. It causes us to have a modesty and a humility and allows us to go ahead and to achieve. It's a powerful call to tshuva. The Gemara itself told us, so in a in a in a reversal or in a sort of twist of this, uh, you could go ahead and simply look up at the moon and the sky uh, at night, like David HaMelech told us. David HaMelech understood what, um, what humanistic astronomers would understand about you, uh, humanity's place in the cosmos. Uh, 
Furthermore, uh, everybody saw us as the center of the universe at the time. Uh, it was a totally geocentric worldview. Uh, to recognize the infinitesimal, to have this existential comment come directly from looking up at the skies, I think is a recognition of that it's not exactly so that the universe does not revolve around us in a physical sense, at least spiritually, yes. Um, so I will say that uh, I will say that there's so much more beautiful Torah uh, in here. Uh, I do intend to go ahead and to uh, to do some more lechoman davai to anybody that wants to sit here and learn with me on Lel shishi. Um, I have some other uh, I have some other houses of Hasidus that I'd really like to touch upon since Farim uh, that I've marked out some things and uh, and I and I hope I hope uh, really all this is a tefillah not just to share some history of a tzaddik and who they were uh, but to, get, to be engaged together in a little act of tchias amesim that there's sifsosim adovivos v'kever and that we invoke the schus of these tzaddikim from Shedbersh Rabbi Yeshaya Rav Emanuel Rav Avram Moshe and their rabbis the the Chayze and uh, and the more of a Shemesh and uh, the Rav David Lalov, that we should invoke their schus, that they should uh, that they should beseech Hakadosh Baruch Hu, uh, in an Ace Tzara Yaakov, that he should go ahead and bring Rafuah Shlema uh, to everybody um, who needs Rafuah Shlema. He should protect us, protect our families, protect uh, the world, and ensure that we stay safe. And uh, and that by quoting the words of these tzaddikim, uh, that they should go ahead and they should it should arouse Rachamim Kame Kudsha Berichu. I want to thank you all for learning with me tonight. I really, really appreciate Ash and uh, Micah. It's, uh, it's really awesome. Thank you, Javi, my dad also. Um, thanks so much, guys.